big deal. Hey, everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Uh, this first ad, if I can find it really quick, I, got, I screwed myself over by not having it open. Oh, this first ad is from Chad Hathcock. There this it is. This is a Bolin French Fry 2009. It says the color is red, which is partially true. Yeah. Uh, this is a rare artist proof, one of three, made by the legendary luthier John Bolin of Bolin Guitars. One guitar sold at auction for $9,700. No other models were ever made. Quality construction and hardware all the way around. Very playable with some minor dings. Uh, one sold at auction for ninety-seven. This one is only sixty-five hundred dollars with a very reasonable seventy-five dollars shipping. Yes, forty-eight percent price drop on this on Reverb. Yeah, and yeah. it looks like French fries. Yeah, it's a. It looks like a container of McDonald's French fries, and it's even got McDonald's inlays on the fretboard. You think this is officially sanctioned by McDonald's? I feel like it would. Wouldn't it? Would it have to be? I feel like it I don't has know. To be. I mean, if. I mean, I think it'd be it's, if it's they just made a couple of them. That's got to be protected under, you know, parody rights and whatnot. Maybe. Oh, there's like a big old crack in the top of it. Yeah, there's a bunch of age stuff going on. I didn't even screen grab a lot of that. That's fine. Because I thought the, uh, you know, the subject matter was more important think, than that. Like, uh, what size is this? Is this just like a a medium, a large? Was this like when super were super size me still a thing when this happened? I think this is a regular large. A regular large. Super size would be the base. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. I gotta say though, something that's striking about the art and like the the spray finish on it, the airbrushing and whatnot. Yeah, it really. Like the, the the look and the texture of it really brings me back to, like the vintage playset at oh, McDonald's when I was yeah. when we were kids. You know, yeah. they, like now it's just all the big plastic tubes that are at every. If you can even well, I think like Mira Mesa's the Mira Mesa McDonald's is the only one that I know of that has it even has a play place. A lot of them don't have play places anymore because yeah. they're trying to shy away from like looking like they're trying to draw kids in, yeah. which is dumb because that's the only people interested in eating their food apparently <laughs> uh, completely unrelated but apparently there was some like law passed that like you can't give out fountain drinks with kids meals anymore oh really like something it's like, all milk and juice i don't know or whatever. When i went to i've been going to panda express and they won't give me a fountain drink for my kid they are well it's because you're ordering a kid's meal for yourself Steve. no it's from <laughs> it's on the menu bottled water <laughs> unbelievable but you see what i'm talking about like the like the plastic airbrushed like yeah look of it like you can tell like if you felt it it would have that like fiberglass it would like i didn't might re- have that fiberglass i actually feel. didn't even realize that it wasn't actually 3d i mean the fries are like the fries the fries have there's a lot of 3d element to it but they're it's but they are like they're flatter than their right, airbrush I'm, saying, look. I'm saying like the fries are layered on top of each other so right. like this but if you're looking at it from this direction, like they're still flat, they're just layered. Right, right. Like each individual fry is not trapezoidal in a. Like, no, they're, they're not, not full, prisms. They're not fully 3D. They're not rec- like 3D rectangles, but they they do have a 3D nature to them. Yeah. There's a couple parts yeah. where like the shapes of the fries fall apart a little bit. Like you can see around the neck pocket, like there's utilitarian shapes coming into play <laughs> right, that have right. nothing to do with the shapes of fries and stuff. This thing looks played too. There's chips and stuff on the edges of it. Someone played this thing. Actually, I did. I watched a video that was attached of this I guy. I saw this. I saw your uh, that screen grab there of that guy. And in this screen grab, you can see that the McDonald's M lights up too. Oh my gosh! So there's I, another element to it. I am like the back of this guitar. I am loving this. <laughs> I, I think it's really cool. I honestly really like this guitar too. I even like the headstock. I love that open headstock. Yeah. Is that a Bolin thing? Like are all his guitars I like don't that? No, I've seen that on like a few different electric guitars, and like I've seen that on basses actually more. Yeah, more yeah. So. Um, but that's a really cool touch. <laughs> I really like it. I think the execution is really great. Someone actually played this because it's all beat up and cracked. There's a big crack in the back here, like some kind of stress crack, which means it probably plays just fine. Or this person just loved playing it with their band so much for the gimmick of it well it's like i'm wondering if you're in max sabbath do you have to have this guitar oh man i didn't even think about max sabbath yeah that was when i saw the picture of this guy i was like is this guy in max sabbath you gotta have this for max sabbath 
If you don't know what Max Sabbath is, go look it up. It's a McDonald's-themed uh, Black Sabbath tribute band. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I've heard that it's a really fun show for about three songs, and then you're over the gimmick. And you're right. Like, ah, this I is can, just kind of okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, like he says, like it's quality construction and hardware. I, I don't know what this bridge is. It looks solid. It reminds me of the PV bridges. Yeah, I'm not... I just you remember the bridges they, they kinda, would put on the on the PV T60s and stuff? Yeah, kind of. It, it kind of seems a little more. Uh, it's definitely like something a of, of shallower, like, yeah, shallower kind of that eighty early ninety. But kind then it's of got vibe. a TV Jones single bridge, I guess, ish position to pick up. What do you? Th- I mean, I think this is a classy the, look. The tuners are locking tuners. But if you were going to have a French fry, I bet those tuners are aftermarket. To be locking. This thing's old, right? I can't. I mean, locking. T- no, it says this 2009. 2009. For some reason, I'm looking at this and reading it as something that uh, was produced in the 80s. No, I think that's 2009. Just like the wow. Uh, what were you going to say? If you, if you were going to use, yeah, if you were going to, if you were going to pair a pickup with a French fry theme guitar, what kind of pickup would you go for? Because I don't feel like. I I mean uh. uh a filtertron is kind of like a was probably like the right choice for the person who ordered these or you know put right. it for them. But like, I don't feel like it really fits the theme. Like, I feel like a big yellow P ninety would be better there. Yeah, I I would agree. I I was actually thinking that since especially since you already have the light up M, like why didn't you just go full EMG on this? EMG, yeah, because yeah. you got to have some power in there, and then you can really like color, like you, can yeah, get some color paint over that really yeah. easily. Well, I bet you can get color colored in EMG covers, or even like a lace sensor or something like that. Mm. I think they would hook you up with some colored pickup covers. But that bridge, I mean, if it's two thousand nine, that's an interesting bridge for two thousand nine. Yeah, that's probably the main reason I thought it was an older guitar. This it's person beat like this thing up for bridge. a 10-year-old guitar. It's been played. Yeah, that's when I was like, you were like, oh, well, it's been played, it's been played. And I'm like, yeah, but like, it's only 10 years old. Yeah. Someone beat the crap out of it, that's for sure. Uh, if you were going to have a fast food themed guitar, what would it be like in what, what fast food restaurant? I already know what it should be for you. Jack in the Box 99 cent tacos. Oh, dude, Yes. Just taco. greasy Just Mexican greasy, wontons. Gross, <laughs> gross Mexican Taco Bell taco. Talking not Taco Bell, giant man. We just had Mexican, but now, yeah. I'm, now I'm hungry again. We, we fueled up our podcast life with, uh, well, I got the, the carne asada fries. I'm you sitting got all sideways. Why am I doing that? I don't know. You've got a monitor right here where you can see yeah, I don't... how you should be sitting. It's never been easier than it is now, Steve. I know. And you're all messed I up. Um, I don't know. What would I do? Probably In and Out or Hodads or something like that. Right. I, I feel Not like Hoda- Hodads is too local that most people wouldn't get it, but I'd rock a, an In and Out themed guitar with like the palm tree inlays. Mm, you get those palm trees all the way down and the little s- swiggly thing. And uh, I don't know what would the would it be shaped like a guitar? I mean, like a hamburger or it wouldn't be milkshake. Shaped, it wouldn't be. Sh- you think it would be, be shaped, shaped like, like the milkshake? milkshake? If you did it right, oh, then the neck could be the straw. If you did it right, the neck could be a straw, and you could have like the Fender hockey stick. For the record, Ooh. is I don't think the Fender hockey like they call it the hockey stick headstock on the twelve. Right. I don't think it's supposed to be like ice hockey. It's supposed to be like field, field hockey. hockey. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> That's another one of those things that, that the Fender 12 has been popping up in groups. And people are like, ugh, yuck, this headstock. And it's just like the uh, the Starcaster where I'm like, guys, this is like a decades old design. Like, yeah. The, yeah. the the Fender 12 headstock is older than the Starcaster headstock. Like, this is an established thing. I would be pissed if they went a different direction. Right. I want that field hockey headstock. Um, you got anything so, else yeah, to say about I, this? I don't. I think it. I don't know what. I don't know if the price makes it a good buy. It looks really worn in. Someone out there is going to love this. You got to really love McDonald's, I think, or really or hate them. Guitars. I could see Morgan Spurlock buying this. Oh my gosh! We his, were just talking about that dude at work the other he's day. He's the worst, right? 
Uh, yeah, and also people have like done there. I saw this one dude who did an all McDonald's diet for 180 days, and he lost 60 pounds apparently. <laughs> like all these people are saying, like the supersizing thing is actually like because he was claimed that he was eating like five to six thousand calories a day. And apparently that's real. Like you really got to be packing it away. You got to do be that. like doing a McFlurry at like every meal to do that. Like a freaking supersize me milkshake. Well, his whole thing too was like every time they offer, they ask like, "Do you want to supersize that?" He the rules was he had to say yes. So he was just like getting the biggest soda every meal. Yeah. So I fully believe you can go to McDonald's and lose weight by eating selectively. But if you've got rules like that, it's going to make it a lot harder. If you That's have to, like if you have to chug the part, soda, but then he was also supposed to be eating like everything on the menu once. I don't know, whatever. I don't want to get talk about that. Whatever. Guy. But I think Morgan Spurlock sucks. Isn't I don't he like, also just kind of like a dick in real life? I don't like that guy. Like anytime I see him in something, I'm like, if only. I what else has like he done you. besides? And I don't even like. Me. I don't even like McDonald's. He had like a show where he was going around and like doing stuff and like, oh, he was like living in people's shoes for like sixty days or something like that. Well, that, so and that was the other thing is I he's well, I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, that's kind of along the lines of like one of the big criticisms is like he is a multimillionaire who gets to pretend he's a tourist to be like a he's a culture tourist for the duration of his social experiment, and then he gets to go back to being a multimillionaire, right? And you just like that freaking goatee. Get rid of the goatee, dude. It doesn't look it doesn't look good. I'm just saying, it doesn't look good. Do goatees look good on anyone? Well, he's he's got like the. He's got like the thing. It doesn't even have the the bottom. Oh, mm, mm. but it looks super pervy, dude. I mean, maybe you want to look pervy, but I don't. He know. He probably does. Yeah. Uh, you got anything new, Steve? Yeah, uh, I got this Coors right here. Oh yeah, I got a Coors too. I want to pop this uh, one handed. I got this cool monument Walrus Audio hat. I'm really excited about this. I've been wanting a. Mm-hmm. I was actually just originally I wanted to get another one of their trucker hats, but then I saw these and I was like, I want that. It's a cool hat. Um, but above all, it looks kind of like that, a bicyclist hat. It does. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think it Am works I, for you. Do I look like Euro Trash? Maybe. I don't. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Euro Trash or Euro Stash? Vote in the comments. I don't know what uh, that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I do want to talk about is our friends over at the Effects Loop Podcast are doing a raffle uh, that supports the Autistic Self Advocacy Network. Mm. Uh, they've partnered with a. A handful, more than a handful of builders, uh, G Seventh Capos, a shirt full. When you like hold your shirt out yeah. and like fill it up, it's a shirt uh, full of builders. Big year, big year mm. pedals, nineteen eighty one uh, inventions, yellow cake pedals. There's some uh, uh, the thing wiring kits. I don't yeah. know why my brain suddenly stopped. I mean, every builder from Gun Street, every builder that is on the side of autistic people. And cares about uh, empowering them to live their best lives is behind yeah. this. And everyone who didn't get behind this, big questions for big you. Big question mark floating uh, over their like heads. Like my pedals, just actually was like the newest addition to mm-hmm. uh, the people who are supporting it. Uh, I'll have the link in the comments, but uh, it, it's a really cool raffle. As of recording this one, I think it's up to. I don't know what it's up to. Who cares? Go give money. It's Even like, if it's a billion dollars, let's make it two. It's billion. like uh, I think like. $5 for 10 tickets, and I think it's like $100 for like 300 tickets. No, it's $50 for like 100 tickets. Well, I don't want to lose money on this. I don't this. know. <laughs> like, it goes, it goes, it works out. There's a pretty good chance of, of doing it. Well, there's a 100% chance of doing a good thing. Yes. If you donate to this raffle. Think about it that way. And there's some, like I said, there's some cool prizes up for grabs. Uh, there's a, whatever. I already listed off. A handful, some of them, some, maybe all of the vendors. Every a vendor, of them. every vendor on the planet is going to get behind. Yeah, this. go I check it out. Uh, the link is uh, com slash autism rocks. I'll have the link down in the show notes. You can click, 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 and then you can pay. It ends uh, on September 30th. That's the last day to get in there. So if it's after September 30th, 2019, it's too late for you. Yeah. Do you have anything new, Ryan? I'm back from Germany. Welcome back from Germany. Yeah, uh, another long trip away from my family to shoot dozens of guitar videos that I'll be publishing for the next 
handful of months. Six months. And I, like I said, I abandoned my family and everything went wrong while I was gone. Yeah, man. The fridge broke. That's not a joke. The day that I left, I was in the air, hadn't even had my layover yet. The fridge broke while I was gone. And so I was like texting and FaceTiming with my wife as I'm walking through the airport. Like, I guess you're going to go buy a fridge. Good luck, honey. Like, Have fun picking your fridge without me. I, tr- I trust you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she picked a good fridge. Um, and then she got horrifically sick and all the kids got horrifically sick while I was gone. And all sorts of other stuff happened. So I think your fridge is like the water dispenser model of my fridge. It might be. So very, got it it's scratching. definitely very similar. We got a scratch and dent from the Sears outlet. There's a Sears outlet in San Diego? It's still? out by Guitar Center. Dang. Yeah. Didn't La Mesa. La Mesa. They just opened it. It's a secret one. Not everyone they knows about it They just opened it? Sears just opened another? I know. Another? How did, I what? know. I don't get it either. All right. You got anything else new? Um, I don't want to talk about your refrigerator all night. <laughs> I just want to say that in the grand scheme of this channel and stuff that gets made, a lot of times... Our families are the real heroes. So thanks for holding down the fort, honey. <laughs> and also a big thanks to everyone who made uh, uh, 42 Gear Street possible because it was a real blast. And it was real like grassroots. Even though we had sponsors there, it was like completely different than the other events. Like we were all just hanging out. Uh, there was no uh, – it's a little warm on the top, huh? It's a little – is that why it tastes like – yeah, mine was weird too. It's like uh, a f- fruitiness. It's oh. like a fruit sweetness. Oh, I don't know about that. But anyways, uh, yeah, keep your your eye out for 42 Gear Street content because that's going to come down the pipe super hard and super fast. I got a lot of it. Tastes kind of cidery. Yeah, I'll try mine again. You probably just haven't had a real beer in a while, Steve. Yeah, I've been drinking uh, those IPAs and whatever. Yeah, I guess it's kind of cidery. Yeah, it is a little fruity. Yeah. I didn't notice. Odd. Coors, right. what have you done? Have you changed the recipe? You ready to keep... Did they slip that white claw into here? What's hey, going on? Ain't no laws when you're slipping in white claws into Coors cans. Um, that didn't really make sense. No, it didn't ready? rhyme either. Are we going to keep this going? No, take us to the next uh, section, Steve. Uh, yeah, our next section is sponsors. Sponsors! This week's first sponsor is Wrist Grips. If you have wrist... Grip your wrist! ...injuries... Uh, maybe uh, repetitive stress injuries from guitar playing or just from anything. Or just drinking um, too often. That could be on the a thing. Wrist. That like, wrist movement there, that could cause repetitive stress. Uh, wrist grips are for you. Uh, right now you can go get 15% off with code 60CYCLE15. I don't know why I stumbled over that. 60CYCLE15. Wrist grips are designed to increase longevity, endurance, and blood flow and oxygen to your hands and wrists while you're playing. It's the only wrist support that provides wrist stabilization and full range of motion. 60Cycle615 is the email address we would have set up if we had started doing this when we were 15. And we would have immediately regretted it on our birthday. That's true. That's true. Head on over to wrist-grips.com. Go check out what they have to offer. I really have enjoyed using them for my practice time. Yep. Grip it's your wrists. It's freaking great. So your wrists won't be all busted up and you won't be stuck in the carpet tunnel. Yeah. Who's this, our next sponsor? Uh, episode is also sponsored by the Diderio. The Diderio? The Diderio. That's weird. The Diderio auto lock strap. Ryan actually has an auto lock, lock strap on the thing that I thought might have been his what's new, but he's got oh, so yeah, many what's new. news. Well, I already did a video what's it's new. true. I got the strap right on here. Pops right off just like that. Pops back on. Uh, super easy. Off and like, on. Just it is boom. so freaking quick unless you miss like I just did there. But if you've got perfect aim, it's going to be fast You just every missed time. again. I know. I need you've to practice. You missed like two-thirds of the time. And it was time. still fast. There we go. Uh, the Diderio Autolock strap was designed by Ned Steinberger. It's a freaking great all-in-one strap locky solution. It fits on like 99% of the strap pegs that are on the market. I really think I've only got like one guitar in here that it doesn't work on. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If you got that weird like Ibanez triangle one, uh, it's not going to fit on that uh, either. Sorry. Or like that big giant weird Gretchy one that you got to screw on anyways. Yeah. Obviously, it's not going to work with that. It's going to work on every freaking thing else. Yeah. You should just get normal. one. It's going to work under your normal strap buttons, guys. We're not yeah. shaming other strap buttons. We're just saying that it's going to work with the normal ones. Yeah. Let's talk about this topic. Yeah, man. This first topic uh, is something that came out this week. That's well, it was suggested weird. by Matt Tobin. 
yeah, he on says, the Facebook group. He says, this is very interesting. I just watched Ryan's video about relics and then saw this, which suggests that Fender's master-built guitars are templated. Are they? What's going on here? <laughs> then this article came out. Somebody basically did some research and is claiming that on a Fender Custom Shop Stratocaster models described as master-built have the same or very similar relic patterns. Check out the images of two such guitars with a relic pattern replicated on two different Look, Fender Custom Shop Stratocaster models. Looking at this picture, I'm willing to just say right out there that these are machine-made templates. Like someone didn't do these by hand. I mean, you're... You, you called it earlier the the palm tree shape. Like yeah. that's a dead giveaway. This palm tree shape on the upper bout that's on like, both that's, of these guitars. That's got to be like really. But it's you so follow, precise. You can't do that twice. No, you follow it down, and it's the sh- same shape all the way along. Yeah, with some variation. No, but it's but, like but it's variation in, in thickness and width of these shapes in the relic. And here's something I just caught, which is hilarious. You see this little bulb down here. By the bridge, you follow down here, and you're like, "Oh no, bulb! The bulb is there. It's just turned the other. It's turned sideways on the yellow one." Which is that, that same? Bulb. Oh yeah, bulb. yeah, that bulb. We're coming up with all these funny little names for these relic patterns here. Yeah, I'll but try like, to... it has the same exact relic pattern around the jack plate. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's little things like, like oh, there's things that definitely a human hand did, like someone threw like a chain edit or something like that right but like this these big chunks of fully removed paint are clearly done by some sort of machine and this so is you on think their... they're using like um somebody said like oh they're using like a water jet which you wouldn't want I don't to think use a water jet water, for that i think it's sand blaster or someone called it some, a media blaster right which is something similar to sand um i think that's exactly what's happening it's so weird like like or it's it's a router bit, a mechanical CNC router bit that's just so precise it can literally only take the paint off and it won't take the wood off. But it does wrap around that arm. Yeah. And there's rest, uh, so. there's actually uh, some other pictures. There's So we have pictures of one, two, three, four, five different Same models bulb. that all have yeah. that all have that bulb, that all have the, the palm tree. That all have the, I guess, I, somebody called it like the dragon. Which the, one is the, the dragon? The one around the jack, it looks like. Oh, I guess that's kind of dragony. There's like a, some kind of like dragon or it, like a T-Rex we already, head. We already talked about McDonald's, but this is like McDonald's nuggets. Where yeah. like the nuggets have like five there's like, different there's, shapes. I think there's like the oval, but there's the an, boot. But if you're not paying attention, they seem random. Yeah. You know? But like these seem like random shapes, but once you see a couple guitars that have them, you're like, oh crap, they all have these patterns. But I will say, like I did a, a search for Fender Masterbuilt Relics mm-hmm. on Google Images, and there's a much wider variety to the relics than just this. These are the ones that just happen to match up. Right. But I think what's going on is that there's a program in the CNC controller for the media blaster or whatever machine is doing this. And there's a bunch of like uh there's a bunch of relic shaped templates and someone is dragging and dropping them into various combinations. Mm. And someone just has their favorite combination that they've slapped onto, you know, a dozen guitars at a time or something right. like that, where like you can mix them up. Obviously you can see that that bulb we were talking about above the bridge has been rotated on one of these. Yeah. So there is the ability to shift this, to stress around in the mechanized way that they do this. That one too, though, where you're saying it's rotated is the only one that doesn't have a full contour relicking. That's true. It's kind of interesting. All in all, you know, we, we talked about, and you actually did a video that, which is what well, we, was this was referenced to is you were I part of on, a video. Was that on Phil's channel? It was on Phil McKnight's channel. Uh, know your gear. But it was filmed with my camera and recorded with my Zoom H6. Dang. Big deal stuff, um, guys. But, you know, talking about relics and whether or not relics are for posers, and this is kind of like that space where it's like, I'm, not, I'm still not like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that these are for these are for posers, but I, what I am going to say is that a templated relic is not 
what I think most people think they're buying when they buy one of these. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, somebody was saying that at the end of the day, like whether or not it's Fender Custom Shop, like these are still mass produced guitars. They're just maybe not made in the thousands. Yeah, I don't um, even. But but I feel I personally kind of feel like you know if you're doing a run of these and there's like less than like a hundred of them, you should be hand like at least I, I don't know what hand relic these go for. What do these guitars go for? Um, I don't know. To the internet, here we go. We're racing. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, it's a Fender Custom Fender Shop. Fender Master Built. Uh, do 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 Go. These go for. Whoa, seven grand on one that just came up. Oh, Five can... grand on one. Six grand on one. Yeah, I don't think I'm seeing the right ones because I'm not Five seeing... grand on a Fender Custom Shop 1962 Heavy Relic. Well, that's why I don't know. Is that what it's called, the Heavy Relic? Um, that's just what's coming up in immediate like Google search results. Here, I'll look at this one. Or are these on the DHK. Wildwoods? Or these are at Wildwood. I don't. These not at Wildwood. I'm just looking at pictures right now, guys. We're just looking at pictures. I don't pictures. know what I'm doing. See, I'm not seeing any that are popping up that have that same pattern. Right. And so does that mean we're just looking at the wrong But still name? we're looking at at guitars that are north of five grand, even okay, four grand. Okay, so I'm looking... If you, get, if you get something from a small builder that does a relic, you can easily get stuff in four grand that is going to be a unique relic. Yeah. And so what is Fender's excuse? I mean, I know that they typically have a factory build process. Um, but if they're doing stuff at that price point, they should have someone who's doing this stuff custom. Someone whose job it is to be a relic artist. Right. That's, you know? I mean, that's kind of the thought and, and really I did that in air quotes, by the way, is I know people will be, well, some people will scoff at the idea of a relic artist, but it really is an art. Right. I'm looking at different ones. Um, you know, again, like, like you said, like Google image search and, um, it does seem like there's at least some different patterns, but then, you know, maybe there's something in this, on this thread that they're talking about where it was all linked from. Like, like on one sink, run of them or something? Yeah, it was all sold, being sold at like the same store, and that's just something that we don't have access to. I don't know. I don't know. But, it, I mean, the fact that they were able to find so many. Oh, here's one with the palm tree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that and might. The bulb. I, I think that's actually this one that's on the page. Yeah, yeah. That is the same um, one. I don't know. It's It's weird if you don't like it don't buy it whatever like i mean I, with with how with the variety of guitars that we're seeing here with the very variety of relics someone had to be super sleuthing to put these pictures together with yarn on their bedroom wall you know right like what what were the circumstances where someone figured this out i'm not being I'm not trying to accuse anyone of anything or anything but i just well like like imagine cracking that code and be like oh my gosh People well, have to know about it this. It made it sound like the, this initial picture, the white one and the yellow one, those are that's a Fender supplied picture. Right. Excuse me. So these two guitars are they in the same space together? Are Look, they're in the in same this, space? They're, they're in the same photo together. You yeah. can see that right now. Yeah. So that is probably how someone spotted it. Like so this, this, yeah, these so this two was photos. something that like I don't Fender sent out an email or something. Yeah. Hey, check out our new line of this, that, whatever. I gotta be honest. I do like the uh, the tort on that white one, <laughs> that swirly tort. I the we, thing that I actually think is the weirdest about it is that this is a you know relic finish, which means the implication is that you know these are like a vintage style guitar, right? That has a humbucker in the brew. <laughs> well, it's been modified somewhere along the line, Steve. Yeah, it's been modified with a sandblaster. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts on relics? Tell me all your thoughts on God. Because you really are these want to... relics are okay. <laughs> tell, tell me all your thoughts really on relics because I really want to meet. Her. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm fine with re- I, I'm fine fine with relics if that's what you want. And I'm not. I you know my thing has always been. Um, I'm not averse to buying old old older guitars that are like a little beat up sure 
Um, none of my guitars have been intentionally relicked. I don't think I've ever seen a guitar with a legit natural relic in person that was was as beat up as as these. Oh yeah. At this yeah. point, this is a style. This isn't a recreation of any sort of thing that happens in the real world. I think there are like a handful of guitarists in the world, like a literal, probably, well, there's, I'm sure there's more of a, more than a handful. Right. But in terms of famous guitar players, you know, the Rory Gallagher Strat, the Joe Strummer Strat, like, or the Joe Strummer, rather the Joe Strummer Telecaster. I know, um, I knew what you meant, but you need to clarify for everyone uh, else. The Billy Joe Armstrong Fernandez, like things like that, where, there is a legitimate like rock and roll aesthetic to it that comes from a combination of dudes just going out on stage, going, you know, a hundred miles an hour, a hundred percent for the entire show, like just beating on their instruments. Just throwing the guitar to the roadie. You know. Not caring if they catch it at the end of the night, if, you know. If you were playing, you know, Pete Townsend windmills. Sure. Using Albert, uh, Albert, oh, geez. You can do it, Steve. You can string uh, this all together. I have faith in you. Brian, sorry, why did I say Albert? Using like Brian May's Pence piece right. as a pick, doing Pete Townsend windmills all night for 15 years, your strat might look like this. Maybe. Like, and my, my, if it, if it, given that it was a nitro finish and like you're just blindly like smashing on this thing with a metal coin. Right, right. I mean, you got to be smashing all over it, though. Well, you're doing this, you know, 300 shows a year. Right. I mean, I think this this style relic still falls underneath that barn sexual thing that I bring up every now and then. It doesn't look like a guitar that was relic. It looks like the side of a barn that was like had snow blown against it for 50 years. That's fair. You know, given the as because even like the finish of the wood here looks like it's definitely like it's that. Right, it's that grayed out aged wood. Yeah. Which if you were to take like I have that uh I have that Ibanez at home that that I stripped and never never did anything with. But that was like a legit like 30-year-old guitar. Yeah. I took the finish off of it. The wood underneath is brand new wood basically. It's been yeah. sealed. It was sealed for 30 years. It's an aesthetic. Like it's not a recreation of anything in reality. It's yeah. It's an aesthetic, and I don't know. I think it's fine if people want to have a look. Whatever. Maybe they did blast it with water. That's how they got it to get that aged wood. You know what the secret is to getting wood to look old and like silvered? My S- sun exposure. My uh, my uncle told me this because he knows for some reason. Oh, he he does furniture. Um, is this your uncle that says we should buy gold? N- no, I don't think so. Uh, but anyways, uh, this is my uncle who lives out in Palm Springs. Okay. Um, he said, like, if you do it, like the, like if a movie is like a Western and it has a barn in it and the mm-hmm. barn looks all super old and stuff like that, like the, the production company didn't go out and buy old wood. They right. built it out of brand new wood mm-hmm. and then literally you just mix full, like fertilizer into water and spray it on the wood and leave it out in the sun for a few days and it turns the wood that silvery color. That makes so that's sense. That's literally all you have to do. If you want to turn a wooden guitar from fresh yellow wood, into like that silvery, like time worn sort of barn sexual look, just fertilizer mixed with water. And it's some sort of chemical thing that happens to the wood. And I've done this before. I did it for like different little weird shelves we've done around the house and oh, stuff. Okay. I've, I've aged wood like that. And it works. You leave it outside for a couple of days with the fertilizer soaked into it and it, it turns silver. So there you go. The more you know. Yeah. You learned something, kids. Yep. All right, this uh, next ad was sent by Kane Flores. It's a turtle shell electric guitar, $300 on reverb, free shipping. Interesting. Uh, really be- slow delivery on this, though. Beautiful string. It'll take forever to get to you. Oh, gosh. You're get it? Because turtles joke. are slow. Beautiful six-string electric guitar made from a snapper turtle shell. Back and sides are turtle shell with acacia wood top and curly maple neck. Top and neck are highly figured and really pop and shine on this guitar. Two humbucker pickups with three-way toggle switch, volume, and tone knobs. It's a beautiful guitar with a deep, growling tone, an eye, and ear pleaser. It's a 25-inch scale length. It's an 11-inch body. While I strive for perfection, these are handmade by me. So please forgive any blemishes or imperfections. So these are being made. Uh, we didn't capture where. 
Uh, but Earth, they're I'm made gonna, by Earth Original Studios. I'm going to bet somewhere in the South. So do you think this guy is like just buying uh, like snapping? Was it a snapping turtle? He might have a pond in his yard or on his yeah, property. Yeah, snapper. Uh, yeah, he's just... Uh... Here's here's my criticism. Okay. I know that you didn't have a lot to say about this. You were like, I really? Don't. Really? You want to do that? I don't know where you're going. going to go with this. If you're gonna have a turtle guitar, mm-hmm. turtle, turtle, I want that. I want that shell up front. Like the way this is oriented, no one's gonna know it's a turtle. That's true. Guitar, except for the person playing it. I want that shell to be the top of it. I don't want it to be the back of it. Even though it probably makes more sense in like an ovationy build sort of way to have like a curved back. Right. Um, even though ovations don't make any sense with their curved back. Uh, but having the wood, they're not supposed to make sense, Ryan. They're helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> having the wood be the thing that faces the audience makes no sense because then it just looks like a really oddly misshapen toilet seat sort yeah. of like concept. You, I mean, the turtle shell is a natural arch top. You want to turn that turtle around is what I'm saying. Turn, take the turtle off, turn it around, build the guitar. Put, with the, the, put that wood on the back. The turtle. Yeah. Put the wood on the back. The wood will be great on the back. Uh, but you want that turtle shell up top, especially with like this high gloss kind of polished finish he's going for. It's going to be a cool, like art shop sort of thing. But also, I mean, I don't think this guy has the building chops to do it. I'm looking at various details of the guitar and like, he's had to build a riser to hold the neck out right. of the turtle's body and the guitar's mm-hmm. body a little bit. And then also there's a shot in here with the bridge and you see the bridge has to be up on a riser because he didn't get uh, the correct height of the neck installed into the body. So I have a feeling there's probably just a lot of like because turtle shell is not going to be strong enough. No, there's got to be filler in here. So there's got to be filler and you have to mount. But he should have been able. I mean, the side of it, that's not all natural turtle shell. He had to build a side sides for this thing to make it the thickness it is right my my other idea for this is if you're gonna make a taxidermy turtle shell guitar why not have a taxidermy little turtle head popping out of one side of it with a taxidermy little turtle hands and feet coming out and go the full distance with it all right and the, tur- got, the turtle can have little like googly eyes you got a turtle like, guitar winking at you uh what kind of band do you use for this um, well, there's a lot that you could cover. I mean, any Southern rock band. Okay. Any Nintendo-themed band. Okay. Mario, Turtle Shells. Ah, know. yes, yes, yes. I wasn't uh, thinking that. Uh, any Teenage Mutant Ninja-themed yeah, I w- band? I had two answers to this. Okay. Zydeco, Vanilla Ice, but you're only allowed to play Ninja Rap. Ninja Rap. This is a good guitar for Ninja Rap. I listened to that song the other day. You did like it on came, purpose. Uh, it came well. Actually, I didn't listen. It to, came on the radio. I didn't listen. I didn't like go out of my way to listen to it. It was the intro music on on. I want to say the Just Surprise Me podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> go ninja, go ninja, dude. Go, that song go ninja, is go ninja, terrible. Go. Oh yeah, all those songs were bad. But that one's like especially bad. Are you are you old enough that you remember when the, that came out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. Two, I want to okay, say. Okay, yeah, you were old enough. I don't know. What What are your thoughts, Steve? Tell me all your thoughts on Turtle Guitar. Because you really like a meter? Yeah. And do you have new thoughts now that I've I've said things? No, these are, also, cheap, these are cheap tuners. Another, going back $300 to, is probably the right price. Go, going back to my thoughts on that French fry guitar, I think wrong pickup selection. For this. For this. For this guitar. Instead of double humbucker, it should be? Lipsticks. Mm. I think lipsticks would go with turtle shell. And so flip it around, give it a face, hands and feet, <laughs> lipsticks, and you know, you gotta lean into the arch top nature of the shell and give it like a like a Gretchy bridge and like a trapeze tailpiece. And the neck is gonna be have, have to be angled like crazy. And it's going to have to be built better in general. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, Ryan, this is a guitar. And this month at Sweetwater, they are celebrating Guitar Month. 
That's right. We got all the way to the sponsor spot. Sweetwater Guitar Month. They got a bunch of giveaways. They are. I'm not sure if it's still up. They were giving away part of the world's largest pedal board. Maybe they still are. Uh, but if they're not, they have plenty of other guitar giveaways. They also have a ton of guitar deals. Uh, so head on over to sweetwater.com. Get on that mailing list. Wait for those deals to show up in your inbox. Or just browse around the website. Find those sweet, sweet deals. Yeah. They have like 48-month financing. Celebrate Guitar Month, guys. It's it's a special holiday. It only comes around once a year. For a month. I mean, finally, Sweetwater's got guitars and they're selling them. So get over there and buy a bunch of them before it's too late. This episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. You know what Chase Bliss pedals I've been using on my board lately? No, I don't. Tell me. I've been using Warp the, Vinyl. the Dark World and uh, the Warped Vinyl. Yes. Good guess, Steve. I've been using uh, the Warped Vinyl for like chorusy stuff that I use pre-drive. Ooh. I surprised someone at, uh, at 42 Gear Street when I agreed that chorus should go pre-drive i prefer it pre-drive like i think about it like the way you would use like pitch modulation before distortion i've never tried that you should try it like after drive yeah you're gonna get your classic police like saturated mm-hmm. 80s chorusy lush sounds before drive it's more of like this like just three-dimensional like octavy sort of feel that i really like andy summers used a flanger well, he used it in a chorusy sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, head on over to chaseblissaudio.com. Check out. They got a full lineup of pedals for you to uh, try look to, be, at. to tr- look at and purchase. <laughs> buy. You could purchase them. After you purchase them, you could try them. You could play them. Or you could sell them immediately because you or someone who has a purchasing addiction and you just buy things and then immediately sell them because you were it never going to use them. any of those things. But if you're going to buy something and then immediately sell it without using it, might as well be a Chase Plus pedal, right? Yep. All right. Uh, this next topic was sent by Emily. <laughs> Big supporter of the show. Always commenting on stuff. From the uh, Get Offset Get Podcast. Get Offset Podcast. Man, my brain. I do not know. Uh, she wants us to talk about diversity in the gear demo world. Well, this kind of pulls off of more 42 Gear Street talk because it was a big topic of discussion mm-hmm. around 42 Gear Street on the street when we were all out on the street talking why there were no women there. I mean, it was a, a, before the event even happened. We were all talking about it like, oh, there's not going to be any ladies at this event. And then... Uh, I posted a picture of the sweater that Henning had made with everyone's faces on it. Right. And Emily commented on it like, wow, not a lot of diversity in this shirt, which uh, is true. That shirt was 20%, 10%. That shirt was 10% Filipino. Mm -hmm. And the Uh, rest white dudes. And the rest were white dudes. But a lot of different kinds of white dudes. <laughs> yeah. Some were uh, Northern European. Some were Eastern there were like, European. So how many people were at the event in total? There were like, some like Americans on there. Yeah, there were 20 people in total, I think. And not in, not including the sponsors and people right. who were there helping behind the scenes. So, I mean, it is, it is something that we care about. It's something that a lot of people there care about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts, Steve, before I just rattle well, off a bunch of one, nonsense? One of the things that I didn't know until, you know, I started looking into it is there are definitely like a handful, probably more than a handful, but what I could find like quickly or worse, just to me, like a handful of, of women demoers, right. gear demoers. But some of the uh, women that I've been aware of in the past are kind of like have moved away from the demo game. And I don't know if that's right. intentional on their part. You know, they, well, you they've follow, kind of just moved yeah. toward into like the more of like the songwriting or like lessons. Right. Oh, you go where the clicks are. Right. Is is legitimately what this business is. Like and, I, and one one of the things that we talked about a lot, the the people that were there, mm-hmm. is that we talked about our demographic stats that we see on the back end of YouTube. Right. And it's like we're lucky if we get like two percent female viewership. I'd love to know what the percentage is for the few uh, female led channels there are out there. Like I'd love to know what Mary Spender's 
uh, percentages. I want to be. I mean, I don't know. I, my guess is that it's probably not that different. Right. But then, you know, you're talking I mean, about even such if she, a, even if she has double, then she's got 4%. Right. But then, you know, that's, that's where like on the statistical side you go, well, it's not that she's only has 4%. It's that she has a hundred percent more than you do. Right. You know, right. Right. Um, but she has twice as many. Right. But she has much larger subscribership than that's true. Me, um, but but where I'm where I'm leading with that train of thought is where do demo channels come from? They come from people who are fans of demo channels mm-hmm. and start their own. And so, since there's such a small group of women in the audience already, there's going to be an even smaller amount of them entering into trying to do the demo thing. And then also you have the barrier to entry. The, it's just a reality that people on YouTube are monsters. Yeah. And a lot of women don't want to have that be part of their life. A lot they of have men to, don't want that to I be know, part right? of their life. But you know, like I know a lot of women who do everything they can to appear basically non-gendered online. Right. So that they don't have to deal with the repercussions of freaking monstrous, terrible human beings. Yeah. That are on the internet, and 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 to that, you know, I think there, I think that's a double edged, you know, uh, a double edged sword in terms of, I think it's both the, you know, I don't think it's acceptable necessarily to like sit around and say like, well, you know, people on the internet are monsters, so like, yeah, people, no, I'm just like saying, if you can't hack it, just stay off. No, I'm just emphasizing, and I'm having empathy. Right for people who are like, I don't, I don't want to have that negativity be part of my daily work life. Sure, you know? and I think that's some of what what uh, was in that original conversation, where it was kind of you know it's a two way thing where it's is lo- until um, until more of more women are in that industry, right? Which. You know, we've been getting uh, like negative comments just in general on our YouTube from people who are like, "Oh, you guys just think you're gatekeepers for for the gear world." Uh, no, it's called YouTube. Like anyone can do it if you have right. the gear, and that's the and, thing. You know, I, you want to get out there. Um, but to that to that extent, like I think whether or not it's genuine, I I can't. I I you know, at no point did I sit down and have a heart to heart with Henning. Right, uh, and I think some of the, his comments, I don't know, I don't not again. I can't say that they've been misconstrued at face value. The comments he made were definitely worded in a way that, like, part of me was like, is he being sarcastic or is he just that obtuse? Um, and uh, to where I think you know, in other things, uh, I think if someone is making a concerted effort, I don't. I don't know if that person gets brought in, you know, and, you know, there's a whole conversation about optics. Right. Uh, but anyway, the point I was trying to make is that, you know, in as long as women in, in the gear demo industry are kind of the exception to the rule, then they're always treated as like being on the outside. And w- again, whether or not that should be the case, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether or not it should be the case. Obviously it shouldn't be the case, but it is the case. Right. And, in order for it to not be the case, one, I think there has to be a greater influx of women doing gear yes. demos. And two, it, I think it is like the responsibility on the um, on the other side to recognize that there's like a quality product there, and you know when there's a quality product, and and to be open about that. I think I think I mean this scene is so small and honestly so welcoming behind the scenes and so tight knit. And we do have women in the community that are, we're, we talk with in groups and stuff and are part of the community. I honestly don't think there's in the, in the group of people that have been at the events I've been at, I don't think anyone has any desire to keep women out. They're right. trying to keep women out in any way. In fact, like the previous events, there was, it was there's intentional efforts to get women there, and I 
my perception was, I don't know for sure. I wasn't part of the emails and conversations and whatnot. My perception was that Henning did try to get women there mm -hmm. and they either didn't, couldn't or didn't want to, uh, or that, you know, the women that were, that he was aware of didn't fit the criteria of the event. I'm, I mean, the, the reality of an event like this is you've got to be a channel that does gear reviews and demos. Right. And you've got to be a personality who's on camera and recognizable on camera. Like big channels like knobs weren't there. Right. Because they do, you know, just shot of the pedal, not even hands in the shot, just captions, mm -hmm. no talking. You don't know who that person is. What what good would they be on camera, you know, sitting and talking with Thomas Blue or something like that? Right. You know, uh, like, so that's really, and to be viable to work with the sponsors, they have to be a demo channel, a gear demo channel. They can't be a songwriting or lesson channel. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So the criteria gets pretty thin with that stuff. And then you, that knocks off a lot of the women who are in the industry with channels. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to say like, I fully believe that if you're a lady out there, if you're a woman and you want to make a demo channel and you are willing to put in honestly the massive amount of work that I know that you can do because I did it. And if I can do it, anyone can do it because I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst guitarist in this scene. I legitimately am. Like if I did it, so can you. I felt like, like if you put in the work and you get subscribers that are you have enough subscribers that you're commercially viable. Like you're, if you talk to people who run these events, you're going to be at these events. You just right. are. They're going to make it happen for you. At a certain level for these things, there are people who don't have channels big enough to warrant the sponsors paying for their travel and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So they had to pay to fly themselves in. If your channel is at a certain level, you just have to expect that. But at a certain level, they'll pay your way to fly you out and yeah. things like that. So, I mean, I mean, I'm com I'm imploring you. If you have any, any interest in, in doing this, if you think you're up to the work, you think you're up to dealing with the technical aspects of it, and uh, you can deal with the freaking ridiculous, horrendous people online, I want, I want you yeah. to join this industry. I want you to, as competition. I mean, this industry is really friendly behind the scenes. We all get along. We all talk to each other. Even, yeah. the, even the people we shouldn't get along with and talk to, we still do. You're talking about Glenn, aren't you? <laughs> Obviously, I'm talking about Glenn, who, by the way, behind the scenes, I love hanging out with. But like, in, like, but in front of the scenes, no. On, on paper, like it, it would seem like no one should get along with Glenn. But yeah. he's he's honestly a great guy behind the scenes, and he's yeah. he's a sweetheart in person. It, no matter if you disagree with him or not, which you should, because Glenn is wrong. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I don't know if, if you have anything else to say about it, Steve. But I. I would love to see not only more women working in this industry, doing demos, but I'd love to see more women consuming the product of this industry, like yeah. watching the videos, uh, using videos as part of the community, as part of like how they buy gear, how they shop. You know, I would just say, um, you know, if, if you have a recommendation or maybe you are like a, a woman who's putting up demos on YouTube that we're just not aware of, like dump a link. Yeah. Uh, in the comments, send us send us an email. Like, let us know that you're out there. Yeah. Um, and you know we can we can get the word out on well, that. Well, don't even tell us. Go straight to the people organizing these events. Yeah. Come to Nam. Blow up, blow up Henning's email and be like, dude, I want in next year. Yeah. Drop stats on him. Tell him how many numbers you have. Tell him all that stuff. All the numbers. Give him all the numbers. Yeah. I don't have time to go searching around to find all the new YouTubers. I only know people who are at these events, and I barely know those people sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> what's your channel? You have how many subscribers? How have I never heard of you? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a conversation I have a lot of the time. So, I mean, this it's is... Some, on it, like, and to that point, like, it is kind of interesting because I, it's, I guess, semi-unrelated. Like, a couple of the people who are there, like, I was like, who is this? I looked on Instagram, I'm like, a thousand people on Instagram? That doesn't seem very much. Uh, Twitter, up uh, nothing. Facebook, nothing. And then I go on YouTube, and it's like two hundred and thirty thousand. I'm like, wait, yeah, what? yeah. Anyway, join us. Join us. 
throw your life away. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, you want to do some housekeeping? I want to uh, do yeah. some housekeeping. Uh, Hit this me with some week, housekeeping. Uh, we had Tom Lenane join the Inner Circle, which is our $10 level on uh, the Patreon Patreon page, patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast. At the $10 level, you get into the Facebook Inner Circle if you're on Facebook. Tom, I have not been able to find you. If you're hearing this, I'm going to try to reach out to you by email. Hopefully, I, I remember to do that. Um, but uh, hit Ryan or I up and be like, hey, I'm Tom. I'm in the Inner Circle. Put me in the Facebook group. Yeah, pronto. Um, and then also, uh, I've got some stickers and stuff for people who uh, jump in at the 5 or $10 level. I got caught up like a couple weeks ago. Oh, did you? And then I'm all behind again. There's uh, But, you know, I'll get there again. And on top of it, we are... Going to be randomly, semi-randomly. Throwing some swag at you. Yeah, Ryan gets uh, different things given to him at a lot of the events that he attends. And uh, it's all really good stuff. But, you know, you can only own so many cables. You can only own so many capos. You can only try out so many guitar picks and wireless kits and whatever. We're going to send Tom this wireless guitar plug kit that... uh, is OEM'd for Ortega acoustic guitars, but it's made by Xvive or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, pull up one of those bags, Steve. I put them in the box next to your what feet. Bag. Oh. Bag. Here you go, Tom. This is going to come to you. It fits. I'm going to write Tom on it. I'm going to forget it. I'm going to leave it here. There you go, Tom. Wireless kit for you. Thanks for joining the inner circle. I've got we got more stuff here. Next time we get inner circle members. Now it just sounds like you're bribing. Just I feel like without. Patreon doesn't allow that. It's not a bribe. It's not a prize. I'm just getting rid of stuff. Once I'm out, this is gonna be over. People are gonna be like, when are you gonna give away some guitar pedals? I'm not even gonna tell you what's in the pile. There's just yeah. stuff around here. All right, this last uh ad was sent by Jason Fuzzmonger. Who's got the coolest name on the internet, right? He does. Fuzzmonger's a freaking cool yeah. name. Uh this is a Gibson USA custom shop Q three thousand super strat. It's a Cowler nineteen eighty five black P ninety pickups with original hard shell case, triple P ninety, man. That's always so a ninety. G- Gibson custom. All the things I just said. These were Gibson's answers at the time to the popular Kramer guitar. The pointy head socks of electric guitars coming to the hair metal era of the eighties, but with the classy vintage Gibson twist. Gibson later solved this problem by just purchasing Kramer guitars. <laughs> uh, these were a Gibson custom shop offering with only a few hundred made total, but this one came fa- uh, came factory with three P ninety pickups. Only one hundred or less were made in this iteration features the Caller flyer locking tremolo unit uh tremolo 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 Tremola. unit as a gibson custom shop factory installed this was a gibson custom shop factory install thank you for saying that twice unique coil split slash boost option with three mini toggle switches 22 frets great condition with some, some very slight wear uh they're estimating 96 percent life left and a straight set neck with no bowing or warp to it ebony fretboard Factory Grover tuners with a Gibson Custom Shop logo on the back of the headstock. This guitar has been around for 30-plus years, and this shows with some significant signs of wear as a player's axe with many scuffs and scrapes all over the guitar. There's finish cracking and crazing to the clear coat over the paint in some areas, and this is pictured. But this is cosmetic only and does not affect how the oh, vintage is. This is a long yeah, article yeah. here, Steve. It's a Q3000. I've never heard of these guitars. I Me either. I think this shape is a lot of fun. You know what I'm kind of getting off of this shape? What? I'm getting a bit of a PRS vibe off of this Ooh, shape. Ooh, yeah. This is an 85. Yeah. Yes, it is. That is the starting year for PRS. Is it really? It is. So do you think PRS stole this shape? Or I don't think he stole Gibson it, but stole I, th- this shape? I think... Paul was influenced by a lot of things happening around him in the time when he started was working on really things. Was that really the first year of PRS? Yep. That's what the internet says. Yeah. I mean, I know he was born before that, but that's the first year for right, PRS. Right, obviously. The but like, even the little bit of scalp away on that lower horn there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. quite that as dramatic, sure. but it's going in that direction. Yeah. But uh, I, I think this is an interesting guitar. I've always been kind of compelled by the Gibsons that are non-Gibson style. Right. Uh, what are the ones that that have the the Floyd in that really wild shape? You know the ones I'm talking about. No, never mind. They're like the super. They're, they're taking on a super strat. They have the, the weird M3. shape. M three. 
Is it the M3? I think the M or the M2. There's the M2 and the M3. I'll look it up. Um, what do you think about? Yeah, I don't know. I that's probably it. It's one of those. It's like a super stratty looking. Thing. Yeah, the M3. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I always liked those shapes or the reverse pointy headstock, mm-hmm. and it's just so non Gibson. Like, what's even going on? Like, this is more like traditional than an M3 in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's they almost use... like Schecter-y, too. Oh, that's a good take. This is has a very Schecter-y vibe to it. I like this headstock on like the flying V's, like that kind of a guitar. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I prefer flying V headstock on a flying V, but I don't mind this. No, it's the Explorer this... I'm thinking of, not the yeah. flying V. This is a the headstock I'm on on an Explorer. Uh, okay, or is it a little bit more pointy than a normal Explorer yeah. headstock? Yeah, I like the Gibson logo at the end there. Um, I think the P90s are the most like head scratching part of this because I don't associate P90s with the metal of the era that this came right. out, right? Or even the music of the era. Like P90s are such a specific like barky mid push tone when the sound of the era was really more of a like low pushing mid scooped high gain sort of sound, you know, like the lows you get from just a chugga chugga hot bridge humbucker like this, the P90 thing just doesn't make a lot of sense to me for the era. So very interesting. Also two three-way switches here. I wonder if that's the bridge neck on one switch and then middle on off isolated well, sort of arrangement like one of them is like a coil split boost which doesn't that really doesn't make, make a lot sense. of sense the boost option kind of does um but yeah i don't know i'd be interested in seeing what that uh i wouldn't be surprised if they do. didn't understand what the switches did yeah i'm sure it says somewhere yeah yeah maybe they're coil taps what do they want maybe for this tap. uh twelve hundred and ninety nine dollars that ain't bad it's not. That's uh, affordable. Not if it's like a legit, like plays like a Gibson USA. It's weird. Yeah. You know, it's maybe worth paying a little Does extra Does it say for. where the, the the seller's based out of? I don't know. It just says 60. I mean, I'm sure it does, just not on the part that. Well, on the case, it says Tijuana. No, it so, says Tujunga. Tujunga, California. California. I totally read that wrong. It looks like it would have said Tijuana, but yeah. it says Tujunga. Tujunga is part of Los Angeles. So maybe this is up in L.A. Yeah. Or it was. It's in the San Fernando Valley. It wouldn't be surprised if it was in L.A. in the 80s and it makes no, sense. no longer is, you know? <laughs> that big ass Akai sticker on like residue. <laughs> I was crazy. just looking at that. I just kind of wish it wasn't black. Like, I like the headstock black, but I wish this was neon pink crackle. Yeah. Over black. Okay. I was going to say, like, you got to do something kind of interesting with it because I feel like the finishes that Gibson was using on these, not this specific type, but like right. the Gibson solid finishes for these, uh, for like the, uh, I guess I'm mostly, again, thinking of like the M3s and M2s. Yeah. I never thought they looked very good. Like, there was something dull about them. No, it definitely has, like, this dull, like, shoe polish look to it. Yeah. But that body style, I don't hate it, even though I, on paper, I think I would hate it. But there's something about it that's doing it for me right now. Weird. Weird guitar. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, go look at the pictures in the description. There's there's a link to an imager, right? Imager link? Yes. Always. Always. Well, we're at the end, Steve. Yeah. uh, This week's song was sent by Isaiah Dominguez. Uh, He says, I saw your post looking for songs for the end of the episodes and figured I'd throw a couple in for you. Really stoked for the YouTube growth you all are having. Hope to meet up at NAMM again soon. These are two songs off my new record, which used exclusively the 50-50 for its drive sounds. Nice. Uh, I thought that was a cool tie-in. Also, the Sinusoid homies, uh, Albie and John Schuld, Played bass and drums respectively on the record. 
Also, this was John's last record before he was able uh, that he was able to drum on before uh, he succumbed to cancer. Mm. Needless to say, it was a really cool and very personally important record to make. Hope you all enjoy it. I really like uh, this album. The tracks I've heard off of it from uh, Isaiah. We're gonna throw down the uh, track that's called "Holy Ghost." Uh, it's a good one. Hope you enjoy it. I hope you don't. Wow. We'll fight. Listen to the whole thing, but don't enjoy a lick of it. All right. Bye, everybody. Stay Stay grounded. grounded.